Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones, and we have a special show for you this week. Uh, There's not a whole lot of news going on out there with the Ducks, so we're going to take a lot of the fan questions that we received this week. Uh, A lot of people are, you know, impatient and anxious as uh, the season's coming up, and the Ducks haven't been doing, you know, a whole lot lately. So we have a whole lot of questions that we're going to get to. Um, We're going to talk about a couple other things, Uh, the Vegas team name drama that's going on right now. Uh, We're also going to talk about the Heritage Classic. And we have a couple other uh, announcements, uh, you know, in regard to the website and Ducks and Pucks, so we'll get to those. But um, the only thing that happened this last week, Eddie, is the Ducks did make one signing, uh, you know, a minor one, uh, Devin Sideroff, uh, to a three-year entry-level contract. Um, so that's one move that the Ducks did make. I know it's not, you know, obviously uh, any of the moves that anybody was looking at, but... Um, you know, he's a good winger, offensive player. He's uh, put up some you know, good points. Uh, last season, you know, he had 59 points in uh, 63 uh, games with the Kamloops Blazers in Canada. So, I mean, it's a good signing. You know, this guy looks like he could definitely be a good player. Um, he only played one game with the Bulls last year, but uh, it definitely looks like he could have a good future with the Ducks coming up in the next uh, couple seasons. Yeah, you know, he's he's a former third round draft pick, and uh, he's obviously impl- impressed the GM and the coaching staff enough that you know they're ready to to offer him that three year contract and, and see what more he can do. Uh, you know, most likely he'll be back with uh, Cam Loops this year. He's got one more year of uh, junior eligibility, so he'll he'll most likely be with them. Um, and then after that, after the years to come after that, you would expect him to be with San Diego and. Uh, you know, you know, there, there's obviously a chance that he could make the Ducks. Uh, you know, him signing a contract definitely, you know, speaks towards that. And I, I think, you know, if he has another good season in in the WHL next or, or this season coming up, then then next year, you know, yeah, he'll he'll maybe be able to follow that up with a strong season in, in the AHL. And from there, you know, you never know what what could happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that's what's going to happen. He'll be there one more year and then, you know, make the jump to the goals and then we'll we'll see from there. But, you know, uh, at least the Ducks have a lot of players in the, in the system. And, we you know, we talked about it on the last show. That's kind of how it's going to look next season uh, right now with the way things are going. Obviously, we'll talk about Raquel and Lindholm throughout the show again like we did last week. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of concern uh, about what is going to happen in the next couple of months. Um, we have a lot of questions from people named Adam or Alex this week. So if, if we get to your questions, it may be one or the other. So just so you know, we've got a lot of people uh, with those names. And we've got uh, both Alex's, um, McKay and Zarabia, they ask about you know the signings and are the Ducks going to do any kind of a, a trade or signing of a free agent in the next uh, you know couple months here. And I think we talked about the trade scenarios a lot last week Eddie we talked about New York which has kind of come and gone Uh, we've talked about Detroit as well and all their signings we talked about Tampa Bay but you know one scenario that we really didn't talk about we can kind of hit it now is the Ducks signing a you know a free agent as opposed to just trying to make a trade and we've gone over the list and the list hasn't really changed in the last week but if you look at the top scoring left wingers that are available you have Yuri Hudler 
Uh, he had 16 goals last year. He had Matt Cullen. He also had 16. Brandon Purry, which the Ducks uh, let him go. He had 14 goals, and, and there's no news that they're planning on bringing him back. Uh, you also have Thomas Fleshman, who also had 14 goals. If you remember, he was with the Ducks for a little while. And then you have uh, Verbata with 13 goals. So those are kind of the guys that are out there as far as the wingers that are available. And, you know, I, I mean, we, you and I both kind of think that it's more likely the Ducks would make a trade for a defenseman to get somebody. But if the Ducks were to try to do a signing, I, I still think Hoodler's a guy that the Ducks could go after, Eddie, because they could pick him up. Uh, and maybe get him, uh, you know, at less than four million, maybe in the three million range, and then maybe trade somebody else on the defense, maybe not for that scoring winger, but maybe for a prospect or a draft pick. I, you know, I don't know that this would be the scenario that they'd try and do. I mean, you, you and I kind of think that they would go to trade for a winger, but this is another option, you know, maybe to keep an eye on as, uh, you know, as the time keeps going, and as we've seen these other teams sign their players, Detroit, Tampa Bay, and et cetera. This might be something the Ducks will have to look to, Eddie. Yeah, you know that's for sure. And and you know, with Raquel and Lindholm needing to be signed, uh, trading a defenseman to have to bring in a guy, maybe not through a trade like you said, but to to sign a free agent, you would have to move out some cap space. And you look at maybe Dupre or Stoner or even Fowler, who are, who are making just under four or four million dollars. You'd have to move out one of those guys to say come uh, go out and sign a, a Yuri Hoodler and. No, I think he'd be a, a good fit for the Ducks. He, he's kind of what they're looking for right now—a creative winger who can who can put some goals in the in the back of the net as well. So, um, you know, it's it's definitely an option. He's still out there. The fact that he's still out there, um, you know, it could be bad, but it also it is good news for the Ducks in the fact that he won't command as much money as he would have if he had gone earlier in uh, free agency. So. You know, it, it's definitely something that is possible for the Ducks. Um, you know, we obviously still think uh, a trade is going to be possible as well. But, you know, I, what we mentioned uh, so many times last week on the podcast is is they're kind of all dominoes. So one thing relies on the other. And, you know, if, if once uh, Ray Raquel Lindholm gets signed, that might push a trade or it might push a signing or a signing might push a uh, push the, the signing of Raquel Lindholm, which might push the trade. So they, they kind of all hinge on each other right now. So we're, we're just kind of waiting for, for that first one to fall. You know, I'm kind of surprised, Eddie, that Hoodler's still available. I mean, don't I, I just, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I thought maybe he would have been picked up sooner. You know, on this list, uh, uh, the wingers that are uh, scored goals and stuff. I mean, you look at most of these guys that are left and most of these guys, you know, they're either up there in age or maybe they're more of a bottom six type guy. But I mean, Hoodler's a guy that uh, he could come in and play a top six uh, wing position. I mean, are you a little surprised that he's I was still hanging out there? Yeah. And out of everybody, I think I'm yeah definitely surprised that he's still there. I mean, you do look at a guy like Rivada and you wonder how no team has picked up him. You know, he did struggle last year and his, his plus minus was really bad. He, he struggled with, uh, you know, with the Vancouver team who also struggled as well. So it's not as surprising to, to see Rivada still there, but Hoodler who, you know, had a had a great season uh, a couple of years ago in Calgary. You know, had a decent season split between Calgary and Florida last year. Um, you know, I, I, it is surprising to see him still there, and, and it kind of makes you wonder maybe his health isn't there, or you know, maybe he's considering options outside of the NHL, or who knows why. Right now, you haven't heard too much other than really uh, lately that Vancouver is interested, and obviously, you know, the Ducks remain one of the teams that's interested because he fits what they're looking for. But it is surprising to see a guy like that still around you would have expected him to go you know if not in the first day within at least the first uh first week or two of a free agency 
Yeah, and I, I think with that, too, along the lines, like you said, it, it's actually a benefit for the Ducks because if the Ducks do try to go out there and get Hoodler, I definitely think that they could get him, you know, at a, at a you know lesser value than the $4 million. So there is that possibility that the Ducks could talk to him, sign him to, you know, a one- or two-year deal, uh, less than that. And then, like you said, obviously something else has to give then. Then the Ducks would have to make some kind of a trade after that anyways to make that cap space um you know obviously hoping that Raquel and, and Lindholm get resigned then I think if that was the route I, I really think Dupree and Stoner are the two that you'd have to look at I mean if you look at the contracts of the Ducks defenseman you look at uh, Simone Dupre he's with the Ducks five more years at 3.7 each year and you've got Stoner two more years at 3.25 so those are guys that say you know you sign a hoodler at that three million range somewhere in there if you can dump one of these two players uh for some prospects or draft picks or what have you whatever that's not going to really affect the cap too much that's kind of what i would see as the scenario Eddie, in, in this case if not then we go back to our original scenario and we talk about you trade fowler to get you know some kind of a winger and you work it out that way um i, I really think that's you know I don't know. I, I just think those are the two ways, kind of like a fork in the road, that the Ducks are going to have to go with, unless, of course, something happens with the negotiations with Raquel and Lindholm. I'm not saying that I've heard that, but just, you know, things can go south. But I really think those are probably option one and option two right now, Eddie. Yeah, and, you know, there, there's not many options that they have right now. I mean, they have to get Raquel and Lindholm signed, and, and when they do that, there's not a lot of cap room to work with. And we've talked about it many times, too, is there's a big logjam on, on defense right now, especially on the left side. You know, there's five guys who who could we we could think would start in the lineup, and four guys who who have uh, one-way deals. So you know, you've got to move somebody, even if you you know you don't go and trade them for a winger, or if you don't plan on signing anybody either way. Uh, I mean, you still have to move one of those guys out, whether it be Lindholm if you can't sign a contract, whether it be Fowler if you're you know looking for more of a, a bigger trade piece, or like you said, whether it be Dupre or, or even uh, Stoner, if you can end up moving that contract too, you know somebody has to move off that blue line. Not, if not one, maybe even two. Um, and you know the Ducks are always looking to free up some cap space, so I'm, I'm sure they're going to get creative before the season starts. And you know we're going to see a little bit of a shakeup there, um, at least if if anything's going to happen. Now with that, you know, say that the Ducks don't, you know, get too many more forwards we have a lot of questions you know asking about how are the ducks going to do with the way the team is now uh, and some other things we'll get to some of those one interesting question we had from Khalid he asks about Sam Steele and Max Jones you know if the ducks don't fill up this roster um, which is right now is, is short you know we've talked about this it's not a big secret they don't have enough forwards to play unless they pull from the goals or somewhere else um, so if they're going to you know pull from you know, the draft picks this year, you have Steele and Jones, obviously the first round picks. And Khalid wants to know, do we think that they would play? I, I don't think that they would, uh, Eddie. I don't, I don't see that happening. I mean, you know, Jones just got cut from the USA team camp, which it's not a big deal or a big surprise. I mean, that stuff kind of happens because you have to get it down to 33 players. And that's just the way it goes. It's not really the end of the world there. I mean, maybe it's a little bit surprising to some. But I, you know, I'm not too surprised. But I don't see those guys coming. I think it's going to be the other guys that we talked about last week, Eddie, Cordelius, Nason, you know, those, Richie, Wagner, those guys. I think those guys are all going to be the ones that get the first crack. Um, I mean, it, it could, but I don't see it being likely. 
Yeah, I don't expect any of those guys to to start the season with the Ducks. You know, they'll they'll obviously participate in in uh, in training camp and and they'll get a shot. But you know, if if anybody had the shot, it would be Jones, and and that would just be because of his size. He's you know he he looks like he's able to to play in in the NHL size wise right now. But you know, he could definitely benefit from a season or, or two in the OHL with the London Knights. And you know, Sam Steele's a little bit smaller of a guy. He could definitely benefit from a couple more seasons of junior as well. So I think bringing these guys up right now to the Ducks, uh, I mean, it's not possible. Uh, there, there's obviously a, a chance they could wow in camp and, and prove that they deserve to be here now. Um, but I think both of them could definitely benefit from a couple more seasons in junior. And that's where you see, like you said, a guy like Cordillis or Nason or Richie who could step up this year and, and, you know, steal a roster spot from another player. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, that's kind of the long lines of what Murray's talked about too. He doesn't like to rush players as well. We've seen that, you know, he, he doesn't like to push unless he really has to, which, I mean, it may happen this season with the way it's gone so far, but I'd rather them, you know, get some more time uh, under their belt playing, you know, before they come, you know, to the Ducks, obviously. And um, also, if you missed it, too, we had Jones on the show a couple weeks ago. So if you go back and check, uh, we had an interview on there. And, uh, you know, it was a good interview. He, he's um, he's highly motivated, which is good. And he really wants to contribute to the Ducks. So, you know, as we've talked about before, we're glad that we got him. Um, because we thought we weren't. We thought he was going to go a little bit higher in the draft. So there's that if you want to go back and uh, listen to that. Uh, another question we have also, you know, along the same lines with the Ducks and, and not having the wingers and whatnot, we had uh, Alexander McKay and Frederick. They both ask, you know, how are the Ducks going to do next season? Uh, also, they, you know, they both assume, you know, Raquel and Lindholm would be back. And obviously it's really, really early. We've said this before. But if you look at the Ducks now, and uh, pulling up from the goals, which they'd have to do, how would they do? And I, I talked about this on the last week's show, Eddie. I think defensively they're fine. I think in the goalie area they're fine. But, yeah, offense is going to be interesting. I mean, there's going to be some line juggling um, for sure if, if there's not more signings of other players. Uh, people are going to be called up. And, you know, I am a little nervous, at least in terms of, of goal support. I, I just don't really know. I mean, you know, last season they did poor, and you and I talked about this. That was really rare. They did that once before back, uh, you know, when they first started in the late 90s. But, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to do as poorly as they did last year. But um, I definitely think the expectations aren't as great going into this season as we've had for, you know, the last four or five seasons. Yeah, and really at the beginning of the off season, I think all of us were excited to see, you know, what – what Freddie would get for us and if we we're going to trade Fowler and, and who we we're going to bring back, you know, we, there was obviously a lot of rumors around trading Votnin before he was signed. Um, you know, Murray said the team is, is not going to look the same next year. We're expecting big things. And then free agency comes and, and nobody gets signed. And, and then there's no Fowler trade after the draft. And, and now we're sitting here and we're looking at this team and, you know, we're, we're seeing where Richie's going to play a bigger role this year. And Nason most likely will play a bigger role. And, you know the the only forward they brought in really is Mason Raymond. Um, and, you know Raquel's still not signed, so so this team, it, it, you know, it, it's not as good as it was on paper as it, uh, as last year. Um, you know, I still think they're good enough to to push for the playoffs. Um, but you know, I I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit worried about you know the the, the team going into this season. Uh, by no means uh, are they the strongest team in the league on paper. They might not even be the the strongest team in the in the Pacific Division on paper. So. Uh, it's going to be tough for them. I, I think they're going to need a lot of young guys to, to step up if, if they don't uh, make a trade or, or sign anybody to, to fill those holes. 
Um, and, and it's tough to rely on those guys when, when you're a team who, who has some high expectations of, of winning a Stanley Cup. So um, it's it's worrying right now. Uh, I mean, there's still time. There's still a lot of time before the season starts, but you know they're, they're slowly running out of it. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, that's one question that we had that uh, George asked us about too. Is he goes, well, you know, how did the Ducks avoid another slow, you know slow start to the season? And I, I think it's along the lines of what you said. Even if the Ducks do go out and say they get one more winger, you know, a trade or signing, whatever, I think part of it is going to have to be the younger guys stepping up and carrying the load for this team. Uh, because some of the senior guys, they weren't carrying it last year. And, 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 I mean, the whole team wasn't, to be honest. You know, we, we knew in October and November the team as a whole wasn't getting the job done. But you had, you know, Perry not doing anything in the beginning, not scoring any goals. You had Getzloff not doing much either. I mean, you know, and, and Kessler was a little slow too. I mean, they're all slow in the beginning. It, it wasn't really one guy. So, you know, I, to me, I thought it was a little bit of an anomaly last season, what happened with the Ducks in the beginning of October, November, because we were all surprised. We were all shocked. And even with this team maybe not being at the same offensive level as they were last year, I don't see them having that kind of a slow start again. And I really hope that they don't. But I think the key is going to be looking at the talent pool from the goals during this preseason seeing how well they match up with the existing roster players and figuring it out from there, Eddie. I, I really think that's what the Ducks are going to have to do, even if they get another uh, player. Yeah, I don't expect them to have as slow a start as they did last year. Uh, I mean, that doesn't happen often. The, the core of the team's still there. You would expect this team to, to start off a lot better than, than they did. Um, but, you know, it's them starting at, at 500 after the first 10 games that, you know that's not necessarily a slow start, and that's something that could be a you know a reality for them uh, with the roster they're going in with uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, like you said, and and what we're, kind of the theme of the podcast so far is the young guys are going to have to step up. You know, we all expect Theodore to play uh, full time minutes next year, depending on on uh, if there's a trade made or, or what they do on the blue line. Um, you know, he's going to have to take a step up this year, and he, he's going to have to play more than than the 19 games he played last year. Um, Nason, like we mentioned, Richie for sure is going to have to step up offensively. If Cordillis gets a shot or if anybody else gets a shot from, from down with the goals, they're going to have to step up and, and, and help this team out because you know, there's a lot of holes to fill right now. And, and you know, if they, they don't step up and, and contribute, uh, you know, there's nobody else better to, to bring in and fill those holes. So it's going to be a tough start if they can't do that. You know, and, and along that youth movement, you know, that's what we talked about, like you said, on the last show. Uh, we have Adam Runyon. He asked about that. He goes, you know, the team is starting to look much younger right now. Uh, and his concern is, is are the Ducks, you know, still cup contenders for the next few years, or has that window closed in Anaheim as a, you know, as a result of what's gone on? And I, I you know, I don't think the window has necessarily closed. I, I still think that they have a chance to do it. Um, are the expectations as high this year? No, of course not. I, I don't think that they are, at least right now. Uh, given that we still have a couple months for things to be done. Um, you know, in fact, uh, Silverberg was signed on this date uh, a year ago. So, you know, there's a possibility that Raquel and Lindholm will get signed around maybe this week or later this month, and, and hopefully those get done. Um, but I don't think the window's closed just yet. Um, it, it may not, it may be shortened a little bit, um, you know, based upon what's going on. But I think they still have a chance to do well. Uh, this season and next season, but it's definitely going to be an interesting start, especially with the new coach and and new offensive personnel. 
the defense is still all there. So, you know, the, that's the strength of the Ducks, which is a good thing. I mean, you want to have a strong blue line. Um, so I'm happy with that. But you know, what do you think, Eddie? you think the window's closed or maybe narrowed like I talked about? Or what's your thoughts on that? I think it's narrowed, um, but by no means is it closed. I mean, the blue line is so young that, and we've got John Gibson in it, who's only 22. You know that that helps to extend the window. It's up front, which we've mentioned a lot of times, is the issue right now with Getzloff, Perry, and Kessler going into the season over 30. Um, you know that side of the window is closing down, and yes, the team is a lot younger um, with Nason and Richie and Cordillis and, and some others coming into it. Um, but, you know, the core is what the problem is. And, and you know, our best players in, in Getzlaff, Kessler, and Perry are, are getting older. And, and that's the issue right now. And you're kind of seeing um, the same kind of transition that, that Detroit's been having to make with, with uh, Zetterberg and with uh, Datsuk and, and Cronwall and, and the older guys that they've had uh, kind of, you know, transitioning into the Tatar and the Nyquist and the Riley Shahans and, and the younger players in their system. So it's kind of a similar transition right now that the Ducks are having to make, and it doesn't mean that they're going to be expecting a higher draft pick. I think the talent is still there. You know, The, the core of the forwards are still there. You know, The, the Kessler line with Cogliano, Silverberg is still there. Getzoff and Perry are still there. You know, Raquel's still going to be there. I think this team is good enough to challenge for a playoff spot, so I don't think we have to worry about getting a high pick. Um, but you know you just gotta watch it. the 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 window is narrowing. Um, you know the turnover is, is there on the blue line, but it's not quite there yet uh, in, in the forwards. You know that that brings us to another question from another Adam uh, Adam Kunos. He asks about next season and you know what are the goals of the Ducks? Is it to win the division? You know is it to make the playoffs or you know what's the deal? What are, what are we trying to do? And well, we've seen what happened with winning the division is done the last four years, and we've talked about that before. So I I really don't. I mean, I, I mean, it'd be nice uh, for the Ducks to go and win the division, but I don't really think they care. I mean, as far as that, because it hasn't translated to anything in the playoffs. I mean, one season, obviously, they got within one game of the Stanley Cup, but the other three seasons, they've been knocked out in the first and second rounds. So I don't really think that's a priority. Making the playoffs, absolutely, they want to make the playoffs. And I think that this team right now, as we talked about, is still good enough to make the playoffs. And, and I think that they can do well. Uh, going forward, like you talked about, having Gibson and Nett being you know young, having a young blue line that's absolutely solid. So I, I think that they can do it. Maybe a lot of low-scoring, tight games, which is what we might see, is kind of what we saw you know the beginning of last season. But I think that's the priority, and I think that's what they're going to be able to do. I, I still see this team making the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win the division, which. You know, personally, I don't really care if they win the division either. I mean, and we've talked about this. I've talked to a lot of fans about this, and they are like, you know, when you get that banner at the beginning of the season and it shows the division title, it's like you don't really care. It's just like buying a you know Pacific Division Championship hat or shirt. If you look, those are still on sale. Nobody cares. You know, that's not a big deal. We all want the big thing. Obviously, we want the cup. So I think the priority for sure is the Ducks to make the playoffs and obviously stay healthy. And, and I think that's what's going to you know, be the theme starting this season, Eddie. Yeah, and if you were to ask Murray, you know, of course he would say that the goal this year is to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, this team is still good enough to get there. Um, but realistically, um, the division, I don't think the division championship matters to them. I think making the playoffs is their main goal. You know, if you get there, anything can happen from there. Um, I think this team is still good enough to to challenge and and to you know play some tight games and, and make it there. Um, it's going to be tough, and that's for sure. And it's 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 never easy for any team to to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and, and win. 
Um, but but the obvious obvious goal for this team is to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, anything short of that um, is a disappointment. It's an ex- well, it's a major disappointment. I mean, going out in the first round is still a disappointment uh, this year if they end up doing that, no matter who they face. So. Uh, yeah, it's still high expectations for this team. I think we're all we'd all disappointed in anything less than you know a Stanley Cup final visit or or a win. So uh, you know the the team's gonna have high high expectations high expectations again, and the players are gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think you know we talked about the lineups too. Like you said, some of the stuff's still gonna be the same. I mean, you're still gonna have the Kessler line. Uh, with Cogliano and Silverberg. So that line is going to be fine. They're going to do what they're going to have to do. Um, I think one question that they're going to have to def- you know, figure out, which they went back and forth on this last year, is whether or not you play Perry and Getzloff together. Because you remember they had them separate. They had Perry with Raquel. And then they went back and they had Perry and Getzloff. So you saw, you saw that both last year. So that's one huge question I have going into next season is what do you do? Because it looks like the Kessler line is pretty much – going to stay the same hopefully because i mean it worked last year i don't think randy carlisle would change that line around i mean it would it just would be silly if he did that and we talk about the fourth line we know the fourth line is pretty much going to be made up of a bowl that came uh, uh, over and you're going to have wagner on that line obviously uh, nate thompson's going to be out he's going to have to come you know back in later in the season but you're going to have those kind of guys on there and Garbutt as well um, on that fourth line is what you're, you're going to see. So that's, you know, what you're going to get out of that, which is going to be a tough grinding line, which, you know, I know some people are kind of like, oh, you know, I don't boil what a uh, bull, I'm sorry, bull. They're like, I don't know about him, you know, Garbutt and the fourth line, whatever. But, you know, I like that line. I think that line's going to be good. I think they're going to be tough. I think they're going to um, really frustrate other teams. And I like that. So, uh, I'm I'm good with that too. I, I think the big issue is really just figuring out the Getzoff line and the Raquel line. Uh, and I think one option too is you have uh, Mason Raymond playing. He can play either wing. So if you had him with Raquel, then you could either bring up Cordelius or Nason, have them play on the other wing, and see how that works out. And then throw Richie with the twins. That may be you know a, a lineup. Um, or you try and switch it around. You throw Perry with Raquel, and then you throw one of the, the Nason or Cordelius up with Getzoff, and maybe that works out. And maybe they gel together but um that's what i kind of see right now uh you know obviously assuming raquel is resigned and uh, assuming that the ducks don't get anybody else and they're gonna have to bring up some players that's really the way that the lines shake out you've got you know two of the lines pretty much done eddie and then the other two are in flux right now and that's just what we're gonna have to look at uh for the next month or two yeah, and there's really just those two holes to fill on each line. You've got if Raymond comes up and he does play with Raquel, then you've got that that hole on the Raquel line with with him that you've got to fill, and then you've got the left wing that you got to fill with uh, Getzoff and Perry. And you know that's been the issue for the Ducks uh, for a long time now, and we've you know waited for them to to make that trade. Um, you know we still feel it's possible this year, obviously with with the ability to possibly move Fowler for for a player who could fit that role. Uh, but we'll have to see, you know, if Richie is the guy to come up there and play on that line, and you, like you said, Nason might come up and play uh, with the Raquel line. Then I'm not opposed to that either. Uh, as long as they can come up and produce and prove that they they can be here, then you know I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, you know, we still mentioned the Ducks do have to make a trade, so you know if they bring up even if they bring in a piece to to fit on the Raquel line, then then that changes things as well. So. Um, and there's no guarantee that you know the Getzoff line, Getzoff and Perry play together, and really there's no guarantee that the, that Kessler line stays together either. It all depends on what the, the coach wants to do and if Randy wants to, to split up the lines or not. 
Um, it's something we kind of have to wait until until opening day to see. But you know, there's definitely some some holes to fill right now, um, and we're gonna have to wait and see kind of how those uh, shape out. You know, and along those lines of waiting and seeing, uh, Alex Arabe, you know, he asked us this question. It's kind of an interesting one. Maybe some of you out there can feel the same way, but he wants to know what sports are we watching, you know, since uh, he's not around. And uh, some of you can tell from, you know, my posts and stuff, I've been watching the Angels, obviously, which they have not been having a great season, we all know. But, you know what, still my team. So still going to some of the games coming up here in August and September and and still going to root for them. But that's really all I've been watching uh, I, I'm kind of excited to see the you know World Cup of Hockey come up next month. Obviously, uh, the Rams are in town. You all know that I'm a big Rams fan, so I'm going to be happy going to some of those games as well. So I'm I'm, I'm really excited for September. But in the meanwhile, Eddie, I've I've just watched some of the Angels, uh, you know, baseball games. I haven't really watched a lot of other sports. Uh, not so much the Olympics, a, a little bit, but uh, that's really it for me, Eddie. Yeah, you know, pretty much. I'm just waiting for hockey to come back. Uh, I mean, the, the little bit of the, the World Junior Summer Showcase uh, doesn't get showed on TV, but you kind of catch the highlights there and realize how much you, you miss of uh, of watching hockey. And you know, other than that, I've been catching the, the odd Toronto Blue Jays game here and there. But, uh, I mean, other, there, there's not much on. I'm not, I'm not a huge baseball fan. Um, you know, uh, the soccer season for anybody who does like soccer starts soon as well. So you kind of get a little bit of something. I get a little bit of something before before hockey starts. But, I mean... Uh, I'm just waiting for October patiently right now just so uh, I can get back into some Ducks hockey. Well, you know, and you mentioned October too, and one thing that's coming up, that, you know, a little bit of news in the league is we're going to see Gretzky and Solani back on the ice again in October. They're going to be playing the day before the Heritage Classic, so that should be a good uh, thing to check out, Eddie. I mean, you're going to see some other uh, alumni-type players as well. Uh, some other big names in that game. Uh, it should be, uh, you know, something fun to watch. Yeah, the Heritage Classic is always a fun thing to watch. I, I mean, you, you get—it's uh, pretty much like the Canadian version of the Winter Classic. It's always two Canadian teams who face off, and get to see the the Oilers and the the Jets face off really in, in October this year. And some big names who who show up in the alumni game. You know, the Oilers are going to have. They're the the historic players who played for their team. Gretzky is going to be there. Curry is going to be there. Messier is going to be there. You know, I'm I'm sure the, the, there's a ton more. Maybe, maybe Paul Coffey will be there. Grant Ferry. You never know with the Oilers. So the teams that they had in, in the '80s, it, it could be anybody. Um, and then obviously it, with the news that relates to the Ducks, it, is that team of Solani is going to be there for for the Winnipeg Jets. So uh, that that if they air it, which would be awesome, I'm not sure that, that I don't think they ever really have aired the alumni games. But if it's something that they air, air this year, it'd be nice to uh, to see Timo play one more time. Even though it'll be in the Jets uniform, it's it's always nice to see him play. You know, and speaking of those uniforms too, how, how much do you like that? I mean, they they went back, you know, to the old Jets and the the presentation that they had the other day. They showed, you know, the Oilers and the the more predominantly orange jerseys, and then they showed the Jets ones. And I like that. I like the the throwback style, Eddie. Yeah, for sure. It, it's a nice, like you said, a, a throwback to to the old Jets, the the old logo. Um, you know, they obviously updated it when they when they came back in, kind of to to separate themselves in a way from the old Jets, but to to now to kind of throw back and and. You know, show their heritage to to the old Jets in the Heritage Classic, so it kind of makes a little bit <laughs> sense. But it, it, I definitely like them better than the Oilers jerseys. That's for sure. The Oilers jerseys pretty much look like the jerseys that they they wear all the time. So it's nice sure. to to exactly. see the Jets come back and and wear those jerseys, even if it's just for one more game to to wear them one more time. 
yeah, and it's definitely be uh, you know fun of it that that game's always a good game to watch. And the only other real news around the league is uh, Las Vegas. Uh, as you've heard, you know they got a team. Uh, originally, the, the name uh, was supposed to be the Black Knights, and now we've heard that there's all kinds of stuff going on with this. Um, it's kind of interesting situation, Eddie. Uh, this is something you and I talked about during the week. We joked about, uh, you know, about who has the right to what name and different laws in the U.S. and Canada and all this. We were kind of sifting through it, but basically, in, in Vegas, the owner Bill Foley, he's trying to get the the name, and he was looking at the Black Knights. And the reason why he was looking at that name is he actually went to West Point uh, several years ago. And for you, those of you that don't know, is, is the U.S. Army is Black Knights, which they've actually thought about changing that name in the last couple of years and whatnot. And they, they haven't officially done it, at least to my knowledge, unless something's happened recently. But that was the name he was looking at. There's no issue in the United States or with the, you know, the Army or anything like that. But in Eddie's backyard, uh, the London Knights, they own the name the Knights. So it's a weird situation. They, they could use the name in the U.S., but they can't use the name in Canada. So I, it's just a weird deal. I, I mean, they could, but then they'd have to pay the London Knights. So it's just a total mess. So it's, just, it's a real interesting situation, Eddie. That It looks like the team has four other alternate names. They haven't mentioned you know what they are, and it looks like they're trying to do some research and figure it out. But kind of a stumbling block you know for vegas i mean they're really trying to get everything done and, and they're kind of under a crunch eddie here to try and figure out what name that they should go with yeah it's something i feel bad not knowing that you know being from london that the knights actually own the name the knights in canada and and the fact that you know it creates such a big problem for vegas because i mean a lot of us thought that's the name they're going with that's one of been rumored that they were going with and now the fact that they would have to pay the london knights a, a, a large sum of money to use that name in Canada every time they come and obviously they they have uh, Calgary and Edmonton in the Pacific and Vancouver in the Pacific Division they're going to be going up there a lot to play Canadian teams so um, it creates an issue either way for 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 the for the new Vegas team, and you know they're gonna have to rethink their name now. I, I don't think uh, you know the London Knights can pretty much ask for as much money as they want, and I don't think it's an ideal situation for <laughs> a, a new team entering the league trying to make as much money as they can. Um, you know, personally, I don't like the name anyway. Um, I think there's a lot better options they could go with. I know we've heard you no know, rumors of of possibly aces or gamblers or rebels or. Or a whole bunch of other options. I, I think there's a, a lot better ways they could go than the than the Black Knights. Uh, you know that might be a, a favorite of the owner, but if he wants to to use that name, he's gonna have to shell out some serious money to to the London Knights, which you know I'm not really opposed against because they are my hometown <laughs> team. So. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you, though. We talked about this name. I wasn't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Black Knights, this is like a cool name. I, I didn't really care for it. I, I was like, well, that's the U.S. Army's name. So, I mean, I know a lot of people didn't know that. And I know that, you know, U.S. Army and, and college sports isn't, you know, as big. It's not a USC or a Penn State or Alabama or whatever. But, you know, I, I just didn't really think the name was, you know, it, it didn't really make sense to me because, I mean, if you've been to Vegas, the only thing really medieval there is Excalibur. I mean, if you really think about it, there's not a lot of ties to it, you know, the Knights. I mean, I'm just sorry. It's just not really um, a name that goes with it. But uh, I think you and I talked about it. We like the Aces. We thought that would be probably the best one. Um, you know, another one that had come up that people have told me about was Jokers. But then I told people, you got Jokerette in Finland. <laughs> I don't know if that, that's some kind of issue over there. I don't know. But probably not because they, they wouldn't be going over there. But then again, it's it's not original. So, 
It's going to be interesting. They have four names planned. We don't know what they are as alternates, and they're looking through them. They're going through uh, designs and stuff. And according to a couple articles I read, I guess they're going to try to have this figured out in the next 30 days. So I hope they get it done and they reveal it. Uh, you know, it'll be exciting to see what it finally is. And hopefully it's something, you know, uh, more appropriate to Vegas and um, whatever name that they do decide. But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting situation. I think this is something tough, you know, for everybody. I mean, it, you know, it was even, I can relate it to us, Eddie, uh, you know, even coming up with ducks and pucks, it was kind of trying to think of a name to come up with because it's a little different because we talk about the ducks. So I, I wanted to put the ducks in there, but you know, I couldn't do Anaheim ducks obviously because that I would get my butt sued. So, you know, then using black Knights, I mean, it kind of makes sense. So they're going to have to try and find something unique, but also something that applies to Vegas. And I, I hope that they get it done. Yeah, they they have to find something that they can market everywhere, and something that makes yep. sense to yep. to you know you're gonna have the fans in Vegas, and that's where you're gonna have to start. You're gonna have to start your fan base. You know, every every new team starts with a local fan base, and it expands out from there. I mean, we're a team, a fan of a team where obviously the fan base started in Anaheim, and it grew. You know, obviously thanks to to Disney and the Mighty Ducks and the movies and everything, but a fan base that yep. has grown out of a local team into a countrywide and and North America wide fan base. So Vegas is going to have to find something that can stick in people's minds and is something that people are going to remember. And you know, if they can't end up using Black Knights or you know the the Aces or whatever, they've got four that they're looking at now. They've got plenty of time to to make a decision. You know, they they don't really have to rush anything right now. You know, they they have until next season. So we'll have to wait and see what they choose. I mean. Uh, it's it's never an easy decision. This is something that they're gonna have to stick with. It's not it's not like they can change it if they don't like it. So I'm sure it's something that Foley um, and the rest of his his management staff are, are really looking into. Yeah, and uh, and once we figure out or hear something, obviously we'll post whatever news that we hear. And uh, you know, if, for those of you that are still missing hockey, which I know it's all of us, um, the Fedoran Cup is coming up again. It's on August 20th. At Anaheim Ice. So if you haven't bought your tickets, I encourage you to do that. You can go to asfafedorancup.com. Uh, go on there. You can buy tickets. I highly recommend the VIP tickets if you can afford them. Uh, I bought them last year, and it, it's very uh, beneficial. You get to go in a little bit early before the long line. You get some food and drink as well and some other added um, bonuses. So if you haven't bought your ticket yet, um, the, it always sells out. So I, it may be sold out already. But as far as I know, there's still some tickets left. So I would check it out, get some tickets. Uh, I'll be there for sure. Uh, I think a few other people from our staff will be there as well as we have been in the past. So that's something that's coming up to look forward to. You know that Getzloff's going to be playing in that. They haven't announced all the players yet, but when they do, we'll post all those as well. And also, Phil Hewitt's doing his fundraiser again for the event. He did this last year where you uh, do a donation. It goes to help fight cancer, just like the uh, Fedoran Cup does. And the money goes to ASFA. And what it is is you pick the players' names that you want, and Phil Hewitt will do a goal call for you, basically, where you will get an MP3, and it'll have him on there saying your name, and who scored, you know, the the assist, I'm sorry, the goals and the assists for you, or if you want just Ducks players, whatever you want, he'll he'll do it all for you. He did one for me last year, um, and I have it on YouTube, and we'll post it up uh, throughout this next week so you can kind of see a sample of it. But it's a very good deal, um, you know. And we were able to get uh, 2,000 last year that was raised through doing that. 
I know we got some donations yesterday. We're posting some updates, trying to get more people. So if you want to do that, please, if you can't make the game and you want to still help out, I, I highly encourage you to do that. And uh, Phil will get you your own, you know, Anaheim Ducks goal uh, call done for you. So look forward to that. Uh, obviously, as I said, the Doran Cup, August 20th, it's coming up. Check it out. Um, not too much else going on in the world. Um, one other little thing that we did do, I don't know if you heard about Pat Jenkins, but Pat Jenkins was, is a huge Ducks fan and she had her tricycle, which she uses. She doesn't drive a regular car, but she uses a tricycle to get around to her, her errands and her daily things. She had it stolen from her, uh, back in May. We heard about the story, posted a GoFundMe page. And I, and I have to say, I was really impressed by a, a lot of you out there that helped out. Uh, we raised the money to get her a new tricycle in less than one day. I was, I was really shocked. I mean, I had posted it. I thought, okay, I wonder how long is this going to take, you know, and it was done ASAP. You guys were great. So we ended up getting the tricycle, delivered it to her on Saturday. Uh, she was extremely ecstatic. Um, it took a little bit of time because it's a, it's a custom order type deal and it's a, a company back East, but we were able to get it done, got it in her, in the uh, duck colors, primarily orange and, and black. Um, so it was a good thing that we were able to get done, Eddie, and I'm hoping, you know, we can help more people in the future. We, um, we helped another uh, girl. If you remember last season, she had her Jersey stolen from her car and got her another one. So it's just something good. And I'm glad to see the fans help rally and support. This is something, it's just weird, Eddie, like I talked about something that started out as a simple idea that, that turned into a podcast. And now it's also turned into something that, you know, helps the community as well. Yeah, and you really get to see how supportive people are to, to you know to help people they don't even know. Sometimes it, it amazes me, especially with with these GoFundMe things. You see some people set them up, and then all of a sudden, like you expect it, and you don't expect people to do too much. And then you know, in a day, like you said, you, you reach your goal, and you know it's just amazing how how some people to get together and and you know, it, it this isn't technically about hockey, but how. You know, through Ducks and Pucks and through Anaheim Ducks fans, they can help out other Ducks fans when, you know, something like this happens. So it, it's just something that that's really awesome to see. Yeah, that's great. And I appreciate everybody that helped. I mean, there's no way I could have done it by myself. I mean, yeah, I started the page, but I mean, it was you guys that all helped me. So, and I'm glad because, you know, uh, Pat deals with MS. Um, she's fallen on a lot of hard times too. I, I'm not going to go into everything, a lot of personal stuff that she's been going through. And this is one thing that, uh, really helped her out. So I'm just very thankful that, uh, all of us could get together and do that. And, uh, with that, uh, there's not too much other stuff going on. Um, we're still giving away tickets to the opening season game. Uh, if you buy anything on tpnhockey.com, any type of item, every item you buy is an entry and we're giving away a pair of tickets on there. We'll also announce a contest on the show here. Uh, later this uh, month, we'll do that as well. So we'll have two different sets of tickets that will be given away. And uh, finally, today is uh, Mike Trout's birthday. So I want to wish him a happy birthday. I know, that, like I mentioned earlier, my angels aren't doing too great. But, hey, it's his birthday, and he's still been doing great. And um, I'll be at a couple games. If you're, if you're going in August and September, I will be there, and I'll post when I'm out there, and maybe we can meet up and whatnot. And uh, with that, hopefully Eddie and I will be back uh, next week and, and have some you know, actual major news. But with that, we appreciate all the fan questions. I mean, you guys pretty much own the show this week. And hopefully we address some of your concerns. And we'll be back in a week. And let's go Ducks.